0: Back to Mike Cybert Radio, I am your host. Uh, Saturday, May 18th marked the two year anniversary of the death of one of our generation's greatest singers, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden, temple of the dog, audio slave, and was one of the pioneers of the Seattle grunge scene in the early nineties. And, um, Saturday afternoon after we got home from the break the chains 5k, which, uh, incidentally, I, I want to briefly thank everyone who came out and walked and volunteered to help make that such a successful event. Uh, We raised over $48,000 for Federal Way Coalition Against Trafficking and Seattle Against Slavery, uh, helping them continue the fight to eliminate human trafficking in our communities. Most of that money is going to be put right back in uh, to help fund next year's 5K. So thank you for your support and uh, listen for more details. Uh, But anyway, I... um, Uh, the reason why I'm talking to you now is I was flipping through Facebook and Twitter and I saw a post from Kyle Stevens, a friend of the show and frontman of the pioneers of nerd rock, Kirby Crackle, talking about it being the anniversary of Chris Cornell's death. He writes in this Facebook post, I think about him and how much I love his music every day. As a musician learns more, some songs become less magical and some tricks less mysterious in execution. But his will always be mysterious and tricky to me way past my pay grade. Uh, This was a hard one for a lot of Seattle natives and far beyond, but luckily, we have his art forever. This is true. And he uh, uh, posted that with a link uh, to Rolling Stones, uh, Chris Cornell, fifteen essential songs, the singer's most memorable moments, Soundgarden's grunge classics, Audio Slaves hits, and his poetic solo material, and we'll go over all that and unpack some of that momentarily. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, reading what Kyle put up uh, inspired me to put up a post of my own and with a photo of the Chris Cornell statue that stands outside the Museum of Pop. Culture or a, a MOPOP as it's known. Uh, and that's just a block away from my work here in downtown Seattle. I've uh, uh, visited and checked it out a number of times. Uh, basically, I, I just posted that, hey, it's the anniversary of Chris Cornell's passing and asked, what's your one favorite Chris Cornell song? Uh, but it was the, the responses that I got to that uh, that inspired me to jump into the studio for this bonus episode today um so coming up i'm i'm going to share some of those messages and play samples of those songs but first i'd like to play an excerpt um, of the news story that ran on como tv the day chris cornell died uh this is mike Zybert radio
1: for fans it was his voice powerful painful yet pure once you heard chris's voice there was just no turning back from that I think he was a great singer and one of the best today chris cornell's voice echoed on the radio in record shops across seattle such an imprint here on the seattle music scene his name etched on sidewalks in west seattle on cement walls in belltown well wishes rest in peace rest in rock he was the fabric of Seattle. His voice, to me, represents the Seattle sound more than any other voice. Cornell was born in Seattle in 1964. He went to high school in Shorewood before becoming an architect of grunge rock. He was really a fixture of the Seattle music scene. Um, you know, he was one of the the first bands to you know to become huge, along with Alice in Chains and Nirvana. The frontman for rock bands Soundgarden, Audio Slave, and Temple of the Dog. Cornell not only steered the Seattle music scene, the city was often his subject. With this statue at Noah, the influence behind the name Soundgarden, and the Black Sun sculpture at Volunteer Park, the namesake to his hit song, Black Hole Sun. Sun, Cornell performed that song last night at a concert in Detroit. He died just hours later. A medical examiner ruled it a suicide by hanging. For old school Seattleites, this is a loss of their city. A longing, nostalgia for what their world had and now
0: lacks. We're going to miss him. That story can be found in the archive at comonews.com and I'll have a link in the show notes. So when I made that post... Uh, that I mentioned earlier, asking for your favorite Chris Cornell song, I told you I'd start. Uh, so my favorite Chris Cornell song is You Know My Name, uh, the theme song from uh, Casino Royale, the uh, the James Bond reboot. Um, a- as much as I liked Soundgarden and the grunge area, I... Um, I I just absolutely loved Audio Slave and a lot of uh Chris Cornell solo stuff like uh like yeah I I'm the one guy who even likes that weird experimental album he did with Timberland uh, back in the day and uh that song uh, you know my name really kind of feels like a culmination of uh of that era um that that song really helped solidified uh, the first Daniel Craig outing as 7 as um well I guess I would call it my James Bond uh using uh, uh air quotes and not my dad's you know I I grew up watching James Bond movies uh, uh with uh with my dad you know he he was always a Roger Moore guy I kind of gravitated towards Sean Connery um, and we both agreed that that neither of us really uh, cared for Timothy Dalton but anyway um uh just with the 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 sensibilities uh behind the uh daniel craig version it just um it, it just felt like it was something that was made for me and having that that chris cornell song front and center uh, uh really kind of solidified that and it it's a classic bond theme you know uh right up there along with uh, the other all-time greats uh but it also functions as a solid jam all on its own <laughs>
2: Now you won't like what it is When the storm arrives Would you be seen with me By the merciless eye
0: through the theme to 2006's Casino Royale, Chris Cornell ushered in the gritty Daniel Craig era and became the first man to sing a James Bond theme in nearly 20 years. Uh, To put it in perspective, uh, the last one was Morton Harkett of AHA. (laughs) Um, uh, Cornell was a fan of both Bond and of Craig, uh, but also loved the parallels to Bond themes of yore. Uh, Quote, I'm a Paul McCartney fan, and I remember how he had written and sung the Bond theme, Live and Let Die. Cornell told uh, songwriter universe. Um, so it was, uh, it was a thrill that I could do a bond theme. We recorded it at a George Martin studio in England. It was the perfect place and experience to make a James Bond record. Again, that from Rolling Stone and I'll read a few more of those write-ups uh, from the Chris Cornell, 15 essential songs. As we go, uh, that song was also mentioned on Twitter a couple times, uh, one by uh, comics writer, Eric Pilecki, um, who said, you know, My Name was the perfect song to herald the reinvention of Bond, um, as well as author Gene Lee saying Chris Cornell brought Bond back with powerful style. Now, as for your picks, let's start with the Mike Seibert Radio Facebook page where Jeremy writes so, so many. But this one has special meaning for me, though.
2: Now, this next song actually was written to uh, to be performed this way. And it was never done because, like, w- once I started recording it, it seemed a little weird. Um, uh, Soundgarden had just ended. It was the first solo thing I did. It was like, okay, I'm just singing a song to a piano. So we didn't really do it that way. But this is the way that it was supposed to be done. Rock it out, Denny. Come on. What's up? Donc Till the midnight opens its arms to me Leaving you alone Then i fly so far away Until the light blurs my vision I have nowhere to mourn
0: Cornell performed when i'm down from his album euphoria morning at la's historic troubadour club on january 29th 2010 and that's uh uh that's where that audio was taken from uh don roberts from the pod podcast submitted to
2: so prime.
0: hope and promise fade, uh, but also Slaves and Bulldozers, that classic from Soundgarden. Ryan Fisher wrote, Probably, let me drown. And Ryan also said. I always like to comment that Chris Cornell's cover of Billie Jean is one of the greatest covers of all time. And I completely agree with Ryan. Uh, that's uh, That cover is really the gold standard of of what you can do with a cover song other than just sing it, you know, it's like, and, and this kind of became nomenclature in like the, the mid two thousands, uh, with the proliferation of American Idol and other, you know, kind of, uh, uh, children doing karaoke, uh, genre of, uh, reality television. Uh, but, uh, the, the, um, the phrase that would come up time and time again is "make it your own," and uh, this Chris Cornell cover, which incidentally was covered a number of times on American Idol. I, um, I, oh damn, I forget the guy's name right now, but there was, uh, um, uh, you know, everybody was so blown away by his version of Billy Jean. Oh my god, that's so brilliant! And then, like, I, I remember this vividly, even though I don't remember the dude's name. Seacrest had to come out like the next day and say oh yeah by the way that was the chris cornell version of uh billy jean uh because i think there was like some early internet outrage um about that because i i think if i remember correctly uh they kind of tried to pass it off as like that that was like this dude's original arrangement or something like that i may be misremembering it uh but anyway that that's what made this version of billy jean so special is that you know it's it's a michael jackson classic that we all know and then you take it and flip it on its ear and and take something that's like you know a a fizzy pop song and make a haunting ballad out of it uh that's a that's a classic she was more
2: like a beauty queen from a movie screen Said, don't mind, well, what do you mean? I am the one who would dance on the floor and around. She says, I am the one who would dance on the floor and around. Said her name was Billie Jean And she caused a scene And every head turned with eyes to dream Being the one who would dance
0: Lee Messick mentioned Hunger Strike, um, obviously uh, the Temple of the Dog classic. Uh, Both uh, Hunger Strike and Wooden Jesus were written by Chris Cornell for Soundgarden well before Andrew Wood's passing, but according to the singer, they didn't exactly sound right for a Soundgarden album. Uh, Hunger Strike came about because of an existential crisis that Soundgarden faced at that moment, Cornell told Rolling Stone uh, the year before Soundgarden's reunion tour. Um, It's a statement that... I'm staying true to what I'm doing regardless of what comes of it, but I will never change what I'm doing for the purposes of success or money. Uh, That song is a duet between Cornell and Eddie Vedder, um, who at the time was a new voice in the scene, who had traveled to Seattle to audition for Mookie Blaylock, uh, uh, the band that would soon become known as. Pearl Jam. Um, after Pearl Jam also reached international acclaim, the song was re-promoted and became a massive rock hit in 1992. Uh, but Xe out on Twitter, um, at uh, Lazy Freeze Pop prefers the version with Chester Bennington of Linkin Park, which now obviously uh, carries a whole new emotional wallop as uh, both singers are uh, no longer with us and and uh, died from suicide <laughs> So the folks from Charleston, South Carolina, grunge metal band Mary Tree wrote phonetically the chorus of one of my favorite Soundgarden songs. As the other super unknown singles fell on black days, still packed a moody punch on the bluesy, slow burning rocker. Cornell confronted his history with depression. It's a feeling that everyone gets. He told Melody Maker in 1994. You're happy with your life. Everything's going well. Things are exciting. When all of a sudden you realize you're unhappy to the extreme, to the point of being really really scared uh there's no particular event you can pin the feeling down to it's just that you realize one day that everything in your life is fucked and as we all know um depression is very real and can be a significant challenge to deal with um longtime fan paul rennie mentioned loud love uh that by soundgarden finally my hero charlie harger posted quote, "big dumb sex was the first soundgarden song i ever heard" he also called into kgrg for the 25th anniversary 5 years ago uh referring of course to uh, chris cornell and i got to do a live interview with him yeah, I know what to do. Charlie also says, quote, I surprised my old co-host in BFF by putting him on the air good times. And thanks to everyone who wrote in. And if you'd like to have your opinion heard during a future podcast, hit me up at Mike Seibert radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, right into the mailbag, Mike Seibert radio at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 231-224-Mike. That's 231 224 Five, three, and to round out that uh, that Rolling Stones uh, fifteen essential Chris Cornell songs that we haven't covered yet, uh, Soundgarden's uh, "Flower" uh, nineteen eighty nine, the opening track to Soundgarden's nineteen ninety debut LP, Ultra Mega Okay, uh, Outshined from nineteen ninety one, uh, bringing things back to uh, Kyle Stevens and Kirby Crackle. Uh, that was one of the tribute songs that they played to close out Cracklefest eight a couple years ago. Uh, Sound. Soundgarden's Rusty Cage from 1992, famously covered by Johnny Cash. Uh, Chris Cornell's Seasons from 1992, a solo jam there. Uh, Soundgarden with Spoonman in 1994, featuring, of course, artist The Spoonman, a uh, famous street performer here uh, uh, straight out of Seattle. Uh, Soundgarden, The Day I Tried to Live from 1994. Um, And Black Hole Sun. Um, also from 1994, arguably Soundgarden's most iconic hit. And I think that's why nobody mentioned it because it's, you know, it it's so huge, you know, because I, I think when I say Soundgarden, you probably think Black Hole Sun, um, which, you know, I mean, I. I love that album. I love that song. But man, I burnt a hole in that CD in the summer of 1994. So, it's one of those things where I've heard it so often. It's it's almost kind of like, you know, like ACDC's Back in Black. You know, it's like I've heard it so many times forward and backwards. It kind of uh, transcends, you know, it's kind of like, uh, the people that, that say that Citizen Kane shouldn't be number one on like the AFI, uh, number one film of all time, because it's kind of a given. I digress. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, Soundgarden, uh, Pretty Noose from 1996, uh, the lead single from Soundgarden's 1996, Down on the Upside, underrated record i might add um uh we get into the audio slave era with uh cochise from 2002 Uh, the supergroup audio slave announced themselves with this furious track the perfect marriage of rage against the machines driving alt metal stomp and cornell's piercing whale um also audio slave like a stone from 2003 uh the second audio slave single turned out to be the highest charting song of Chris Cornell's career. The singer shows off his famous range with incredible passion and grit. It's also my favorite Audio Slave song, and I can't listen to it without getting the throat clenches. There's there's something that I can't, something indescribable um, about the Audio Slave era for me because I love both of those records. But there's the the combination of uh, Chris Cornell's voice and Tom Morello's guitars. It's just like it it um uh it, it again it gives that intangible like you know hits me where i live and like speaks to me in a way that um uh, again at a time where i'm doing a podcast where i'm trying to describe my feelings about an artist i i really honestly can't describe how listening to audio slave makes me feel it's just like it's 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 a it's a feeling that i don't get from a lot of music, um, I, I guess to put it in a word, I would say haunting. In that, like you know, it just it, it it's a feeling I get in my gut, and you know, and again with like the throat clenches and stuff, it just it it really does uh, raise the hair on my arms. And uh, yeah, like a stone is is definitely uh, my favorite. It's just it's just aching in uh, in that. Um, but the song I wanted to close out with. Um, is a cover it's uh, nothing compares to you uh, covered by Chris Cornell uh, back in 2016 um, and again this is uh, from the Rolling Stone write-up Uh, The final Cornell track to chart before his death serves not only as a gorgeous tribute to Prince um, who also had uh, passed away um, uh, in 2016, um, but it's also a warm, unexpected epitaph to the singer himself. Cornell's virtuosic pipes bend past the melody on the intimate raspy recording quote Prince's music is the soundtrack to the soulful, And beautiful universe he created, and we have all been privileged to be part of that amazing world, wrote Cornell upon the song's release. Nothing Compares to You has a timeless relevance for me and practically everyone I know. Sadly, now his own lyrics in this song could not be more relevant than at this moment, and I sing them now in reverence as I pay tribute to this unequaled artist who has given all of our lives so much inspiration and made the world so much more interesting.
2: It's been seven hours and 16 days since you took your love away I go out every night and sleep all day Since you took your love away Since you've been gone out See It's